0: And Father, as we get into your word, we ask that our hearts, our minds, and our ears will be attuned to your voice, that we will hear what the Spirit of God is saying to his people. So we thank him and we honor you for this opportunity. And we ask that you bless it in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can anybody guess what we're going to talk about today? I'll tell you. We're going to talk about what we talked about since the beginning of the year. We're going to be talking about one vision, I mean, one team, one vision, one mission, and one voice. Can y'all say that with me? One team, one vision, one mission, and one voice. This is going to be the next part of that. We are now talking, we talked about one, we talked about team, now we are on vision. And specifically... uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, to see, eyes are recommended, but they're not required. And what I mean by that is, in order for us to see, it doesn't require our optic nerve. But because God has given us this imagination, our imagination can look beyond what is present to what is the future, and it can compel us to accomplish what God has designed for us to accomplish. Let's talk about uh, last week. It says uh, last week the major point was vision allows us to look beyond where we are. Another word that we could talk about with vision to to kind of bring it a little bit closer is hope. Because hope causes us to not focus on uh, what's going on, but what is going to happen. And we know that hope is one of the foundational characteristics of faith. And so we, as we put all this together, we realize that if we do this as a combined body, as a group of people that are together, we can accomplish anything. But let's talk about some definitions that we've been using during this time. The first definition I want to remind everybody about is team. And a team is a number of persons associated together in work or activity. The next term that we talked about was symbiosis, which is a mutually beneficial relationship between different people or groups. The next thing was collaboration, two or more people working together toward shared goals. And we talked about the the primary purpose of a team or the primary function of a team is to work in partnership for a common goal with commitment and coordination. And then another definition that I added last week was vision. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. I'm going to hit you with that one again. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Now, I want to remind you, for those of you all that take uh, copious notes that go word for word, that we have the YouTube. If you go to uh, YouTube and put God's House Christian Church in there, it'll take you to this message, so you can actually stop it, so that you can copy word for word these definitions if you need to. I want to remind everyone that uh, Helen Keller said that it's a terrible thing to not to, it's a terrible thing to see but have no vision. She even went on to say that the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but has no vision. Uh, We talk about making sure that we live in the present, but we can't become so involved in the present that we're not looking toward the future and how we can be better. One of the things that kept going through my mind today as I was sitting there, I kept thinking about how uh, there's a saying that says, necessity is the mother of invention, where you see a need and you start coming up with these ideas in order to meet the need. And that's, you know, it's it's funny how we, we come up with all this, but God has said he's put things in us. He, he has created us in order that we can be uh, his hands, his feet, his arms, everything that needs to operate in the world today It's in us. And in order to meet those needs, God has placed things in us that we need to manifest. I'll, I want to remind everybody uh, that vision is considered a very important uh, component of leadership. is not only in secular, but it's also in the Christian environment. I also want to remind folks that leadership, the word leadership within itself, everyone is a leader. Because leader is, the basic foundation of leadership is a person that causes influence. So we all have influence over someone whether it's your children whether it's your uh team at work or wherever you have influence over someone and so we want to bring out the fact that as this being this person this leader i remember the story where the centurion was telling jesus he says i understand what leadership is about he said leadership means that not only do you know how to make decisions and to lead, but when someone else is in position that you also know how to follow. And so we want to make sure that we if we're not in charge, that we are the best follower that we can possibly be. I have dealt with some folks who have was when when they was in charge, you know, they, they was there all the time, they did everything, you know, and and then when they wasn't in charge you couldn't find them nowhere. Guess what? Next time came around, they wasn't in charge ever again. Because if you don't know how to follow, you really are not a good leader. And so we have to understand that. And one of the things that a leader must have is have vision. And again, we define that as a person who has the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. So if we take that, definition and combine it with what the word says it says we com- if we combine the biblical notion of vision with the common sense of idea of leaders selling people on their direction we can see a hybrid notion of what leadership is all about that leadership is a uh, leadership vision is a picture of a better future for a group or individuals Informed by the principles of scripture and possibly supplemented by direct communication from God So in other words, we can always know in general what God wants for the church Because the Bible tells us God's will On the other hand God will often supply a special sign on that direction based on local conditions and personalities leaders seek out those supplemental insights during time of prayer and reflection so god says for instance in matthew before he left he said i want you to go throughout the whole earth i want you to disciple i want you to baptize i want you to teach i want you to do all these things so that was his vision for us that we would go forth throughout all the earth proclaiming who he is declaring who he is and then as we look at the area that we're in, he may say the go out is you go to the, uh, the soup kitchen and feed the homeless, or you go and help uh, unwed mothers, or you go. It becomes it becomes as it gets uh, smaller. It comes to a smaller level. He begins to synchronize it so it becomes pertinent to that local level. For those of y'all that have done economics, we're talking about the difference between the macro and the micro. Macro is the overall view. The micro is that individual small view of what's going on. So as we're looking at vision, we're going to talk about some, some of the same scriptures that we looked at last week. First one being Proverbs, the 29th chapter, starting at that 18th verse. We're going to be doing the English Standard Version. And it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. And last week I want to emphasize this because I want us to, to grab hold of this. If you have no vision, you don't have any restraint. You don't have any guidance. You don't have any filter is the word that came up. How the uh, we also talked last week about blinders. Those that provide you with uh, protection from peripheral things that will try to cause you not to see the direction that you have to go. Another version says law and order disappear. Another version said people without vision, they just stumble all over themselves. Have you ever met someone that has all these ideas? They have thousands and thousands of ideas. And you say, well, why don't you go ahead and do that? I'll help you. I, what, you. know? And they don't do nothing. They just sit there because they have no focus. They have no vision. They have no restraint on what they see. So when everything's coming in, they have no ability to grab hold of it and go forward with it. And so that's why it becomes important for us. If you remember last July, I kept talking to everyone about taking a minimum of 10 minutes a day to spend time with God. Clear your mind so that you can hear God's voice. Why? Because meditation is so uh, important to us hearing God's voice so that he can provide us with the direction that we need. Sometimes so many things happen that look so good, we need God to say, this is for you, the other stuff is not. That's what we need sometimes because everything looks so good. You know, for those of us that, that like desserts, For us to walk into a bakery, sometimes we run into issues. You say you're going in to get you a glazed donut. But once you walk in there and you start smelling it, and you say, whoo, it smells like they're making German chocolate cake today. And they say, oh, yeah, we just started making these German chocolate uh, uh, cupcakes. And you start, oh, okay," And then you start pulling out your money, you say, Can I get the cupcake and a glazed donut? And then two weeks later, you're like, how I got on all this weight all of a sudden? I just feel kind of heavy. You know, because we didn't go in with that restraint, we didn't go in and say, I came in for a jelly. I mean, I said, I don't I had an extra donut. We done came in for a glazed donut, and that's what we're going to get. Maybe next time I come in, I'll get the German chocolate cupcake. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's right, German chocolate. And so as we walk along this, as we do this, we have to realize that there are things that are going to be coming to us. And it may be good for someone else to do. But it may not be what God has called for you to do at that present time. And so that's why vision is so important. I want to make sure that I I. I, I Hammer this into your mind that God's going to give you a vision. That's why he gave you an imagination, because it's through your imagination that you see beyond what is going on today. It is how you can say, oh, things are going to get better because I see down the road. This present condition is not permanent, which means it's temporary. So if I continue to pursue after what I see down the road, then... I can make sure that I make it. Another another version, and I love this one, it says that uh, if you don't have a vision, then you just run wild. You're just running all crazy. You're just all, all over the place. And then the next thing that we did, we looked at Habakkuk, the second chapter. And I was telling you how. Habakkuk was asking God, why was all these things going on? God, why is all these things going on? And then he, it says in the first verse of Habakkuk, the second chapter says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look to see what he will say to me. It sounds like Habakkuk had a good meditation habit. He says, I'm going to go to my place and I'm going to be there and I'm going to relax. I'm going to listen to what and see what God will say to me. And then I will answer and what I will answer concerning my complaint. The second point that I brought out last week was the fact that he knew that he was going to have to have a dialogue with God after uh, God started answering his questions. He, it wasn't one of those situations where it's monologue where God's going to say A, B, C, and D. He says, I'm going to have to answer concerning my complaint. Me and God's going to have to talk about this. Because what do I, I tell you all the time, Proverbs 4, 6, 7 says what? Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, we have to get what? We have to get an understanding. So the, he says i got to get this understanding. And then in the second verse of Habakkuk 2, it says, and the Lord answered me. He said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. When you I, one, of, one of the Bible characters uh, that I like to talk about when we, when we talk about vision is Isaiah, because Isaiah saw the birth of Jesus and when he described it. It was like he was looking right at the birth of Jesus right then and there. We, he, Isaiah wasn't talking like, okay, 500 years from now, this is going to occur. He says, wonderful counselor, you know, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the weight of the government shall be on his shoulders. And he goes on and, and he describes this thing so vividly because he saw it. But what we missed was... The fact that this was a distance, so Isaiah was like standing up on this mountain, seeing the top of another mountain, and describing the mountain. What vision enables us to do is it allows us, as we come off the mountain from what we saw, it allows us to walk into that valley, to walk up that other side. So that's where it brings out. right the vision. Make it plain on the tablets so he can run who reads it so that he stays motivated to achieve it so that he stays excited about it coming to pass. So even though, as David said, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear no evil because ride your rod, your staff are with me. You're with me. You have showed me what's going to happen on the other side and I'm going to run with it and I ain't stopping. They had a little song just ran through my mind, running, 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 I can't tarry because it's just you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. You can't let. I see this. And, you know, one of the things that I, I keep thinking about is sometimes when you see something so strongly, you begin to feel it. Not only do you begin to feel it, you begin to taste it. It begins to be it begins to become consuming to you. It begins to drive you to the point that every waking hour you look at it through the filter of the thing that I saw. And so when you have this vision, it begins to become again that filter that everything else that comes you say, but that don't line up with what I'm doing. that don't line up with what I'm doing. So it starts dropping off. it doesn't even take any energy away from you because you're focused on, What God has set before you to do. So let's go on to verse number three, because God wasn't done. He says, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. Now, just like Isaiah, we can see it. We feel like if we just reach a little further, we can touch it. But it's a little bit further than what we actually, because we're looking at it through our imagination that has no limitations. So as we're looking at this, we're like, man, this is going to happen in the next 10 minutes. But it don't happen in the next 10 minutes. And then some of us get discouraged. Some of us get sad. Some of us be like, well, I guess maybe I didn't hear the voice of the Lord right. I just, but no, it's there. It's to motivate you. It's to cause you to go forward because the timing of it is perfect. The timing of it is going to happen and how God designed it to happen. And if we understand that, that this is not only for me, this is the ripple effect that's going to affect other people. So there's a positioning that God is doing behind the scenes. I don't know if you've ever done this, but folks that do uh, the needle point, and the crochet—what's uh, the other thing called? Embroidering. They have a little band, right? And then you stick the fabric in there, and then you put the colors in, and you do all this. And on the backside, it looks like all these bunches of strings are just hanging out. You know, so if you look at the backside where you're working, you're just like, okay, there's a bunch of strings. You flip that joker over, and you're like. Man, this thing is nice. And it's the same thing. We're on the backside looking at all these strings, but God's saying, okay, I need to have this happen now. I need to have this. So, So then when it happens, everyone sees the finished product. So sometimes you might be the first stitch, and you're waiting on everybody else. Just keep on waiting, knowing that God's plan is going to come to pass because the time has already been appointed. And so we just have to keep driving. We just got to keep doing. We got to keep filtering. We got to keep going forward in what God. Has. And then he says it, it hastens to the end. It will not lie. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, you have the, uh, the ability to say, I just don't want to do it. You do have that ability. And you know what? The one thing I learned about God, if you don't want to do it, he'll find somebody else. He said, if I say it, guess what? It's going to happen. He said, my word don't come back to me void. I think about uh, Samuel, the prophet Samuel. He was a a child prophet. And the Bible says to the point, it says that Samuel's words did not fall to the ground. If Samuel said something was going to happen, you knew it was going to happen. If he said it was going to rain. You better better go go, go get your galoshes, your umbrella, everything, because it was going to you could look up and say, I don't see a cloud in the sky. Samuel said it's it's going to rain. And so we have to understand God's the same way. If he says it, it's going to happen. And that's where we kind of get tripped up, because we say, well, God said, but this is what it looks like. See, God is beyond what it looked like because he's working, he's orchestrating, he's bringing all this stuff together. Again, we're on the backside of that needlework, and we're seeing all the strings, and we're seeing everything looking all crazy, and God's like, okay, it's coming together, it's coming together, and this is coming, and you're like, ain't nothing coming together because look at this nonsense, and then all of a sudden God says, let me just turn it for you, let me just give you a quick little lens on this side of you like, wait a minute, something's happening. Oh, let me start going forward. As you start going towards it, you're like... Wait a minute, how do I get back to the strings again? You're like, I need to get back to the part where I can see. You know what I'm saying? So it keeps motivating us, keeps driving us, keeps causing us to move forward because it will not lie. And then God goes on. He says, you know what? It might seem slow. It might seem like it's taking too long. But wait for it. Wait for it. Have y'all ever. I don't know why I'm stuck on food today. Have y'all ever thought about uh, when you walk in the house, and you know mama was putting together a nice little meal, and you walk in, and you say, man, it smells so good in here. And what do you do? You walk right over to the stove. And you get you open up the pot and you and and what would happen in my house was, why are you in the food? Because it wasn't time yet. You gotta give it the time. You gotta allow it to all the all the flavors to meld and to do all the things that are necessary. Especially when you got some good baked bread going on. You just wanna open that oven just to check it out. But if you know if you open the oven, you're gonna cause it to fall. And then you're sitting there debating, well, let me just. Turn on the light, but I can't really see. And then you, you want to grab it, just you just want to check it out. But if you know if it waits, that in the end, you're going to be able to take that butter and slap it on there. I'm talking about fresh out the oven where when the butter even get close to it, they ain't touched the bread yet, it's already start melting. You know what I'm saying? Then you get your little, little strawberry jam. You slap it on there. You talk about it, Ooh, man, let me tell you. it will surely come not surely come but surely come we are assured because god said it will come guess what it will come and it's going to come at god's timing that's what drives us crazy because we like this should have done happen by now but if you took the time like just, this is the same thing that Rebecca did. He said, "Lord, why are they why are these folks still having victory over us? Why are they still winning? Why are they Why does it seem like you have forsaken us?" And God says, "The vision yet for an appointed time. It will not delay. It's going to come to pass." So my deliverance is going to come. You're just upset that you got to go through the process of dealing with it right now. So as we look at this, I want to throw in one more verse, and then we're going to call it a day. In Joel, the second chapter, starting at the 28th verse, it says this. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. I wanted to point out to everyone that the time has come, that this has been fulfilled. The afterwards was when Jesus went to the cross and died for us, it became afterwards. What happens afterward? Afterward, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Right now, at this time period that you're talking to Joel, it was the children of Israel. But he says, now, afterwards, after Jesus comes, after he bridges the gap, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And what is the result of you pouring out your spirit on all flesh? He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, prophesy, it means proclaim, to declare. that There is a generation that's coming up that has grabbed so hard a hold of the word of God that they are operating in the power to proclaim that the word is true. We went through what they called the post-Christian era they call it postmodernism where you got to decide but now there's a generation coming up that says i want to walk in absolute truth and he says that your young your sons and your daughters shall prophesy Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. He he says, but the spirit is going to guide us. It's going to reveal to us. It's going to propel us. It's going to show us what needs to happen. And then just, just just to make sure that they understood that he meant all flesh. In the 29th verse, he says, even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So God's spirit is in us. God's spirit is dwelling in us. And in order for us to understand what the spirit is saying, we have to be connected. And so for God's vision for us to be revealed, we have to, we have to know God's voice, we have to, just like Habakkuk, have conversation with God. And like I I told the Bible study folks, I said it's not wrong to question God. It's because questions provide us with the ability to inquire, to get an understanding. I said, but now don't don't think you're bad enough to tell God how he messed up, because you're only looking on the backside of the needlework. He's got everything under control. So we have everything that we need in order to have vision. God's spirit dwells in us. He's empowered us with an imagination so we see beyond where we are. So what's going on? We're not spending the time with God that's necessary for him to speak clearly to us so that we can see clearly what direction that we need to go. And so if we can't see where we need to go, as Helen said, we're a pathetic person. But to have eyes, but have no vision. To not be able to desire to be, go beyond where we currently are to where God wants for us to be. And now as I'm closing this out, I just want to emphasize to everybody the fact that Vision is something that God has set up so that it is interlocked, it's interdependent. That the vision that God has for God's house Christian church is not dependent upon one person, it's dependent upon the body of believers that are part of God's house Christian church. Every person that has imagination, every person that has the spirit of God has a component of the vision of the house that they serve in. So everyone, as we talked about earlier when we talked about team, is that everyone's important. Everyone's a part. And together, we accomplish what God has to accomplish for that organization. And so that's what we're going to talk about next week, how all these individual visions come tied together to accomplish what. God's vision is for that entity. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for just an opportunity to stir up in your people. To pursue after what you have said in them by your spirit, the vision that you have shown them and that that vision will cause them to see directly the direction that you'll have for them to go. That they will be focused, that they will have filter, and that they will do it with the power by which you have given them. So, God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. And we declare that it has rested upon the good soil of our heart and gained great root. And that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.